Welcome to Dodgers Homestand, your behind-the-scenes look at what makes the Dodgers Stadium experience so special for baseball fans and ball players alike. A unique perspective on Dodgers baseball from someone who's there for every home game and who has one of the best seats in the house. And now, your host, the public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the voice of God in blue heaven on earth, Todd Lights. Good evening, and welcome to Mexican Heritage Night at Dodger Stadium, the home of your Los Angeles Dodgers. Hey, thanks for stopping by the PA booth here at beautiful Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, California, where the Dodgers have just defeated the Milwaukee Brewers 6-2 for a crowd of 46,050 on Mexican Heritage Night here at the Ravine in a game that lasted only two hours and 10 minutes. Partly cloudy skies, 77 degrees at game time. A beautiful night out here at Dodger Stadium, complete with some cotton candy skies as the sun fell below the horizon. A really nice win for the Dodgers who scored six runs despite the fact that their number two and number three hitters Freddie Freeman and Will Smith went 0 for 8 on the night. And the Dodgers had no home runs. All base hits that drove in runs. Miguel Rojas continued his hot hitting. He had an RBI ground out in the fifth and an RBI single in the sixth. Two RBIs for him. J.D. Martinez, RBI double in the sixth inning. Kike Hernandez, a pinch hit, two run single in the sixth. That was a big blow. And then Mookie Betts kind of wrapped up the scoring with an RBI single also in the sixth. So the Dodgers hung a five spot on the Milwaukee Brewers in the sixth inning pretty much to put the game away. Pitching story of the night was starter Bobby Miller. He went six innings, gave up one hit, one run it was earned, walked one batter, and struck out four. He threw 74 pitches, 46 of which were strikes, but the big story there was that Bobby Miller allowed the first two runners to reach Christian Yelich on a single and then William Contreras on a walk, but then he set down the next 18 batters he faced. So he really got himself together, gathered himself, and pitched a gem. Ryan Yarbrough came in, the Dodgers acquisition at the trade deadline, and pitched the final three innings to get the save, his first of the season, his first as a Dodger. So he's already got a victory as a Dodger and a save. So Ryan Yarbrough, all of these trade deadline acquisitions really paying off. Ahmed Rosario, Kike Hernandez, Ryan Yarbrough. A lot of people said the Dodgers slept through the trade deadline, but their acquisitions have really kind of made a difference on this Dodger team, which has now won nine straight. So nine straight victories for the Dodgers and a great homestand going here at Dodgers Stadium. As I mentioned, it was Mexican Heritage Night, which happened to fall on a Tuesday, so that means it was Taco Tuesday. And we had the mariachis out in the cutout. And here's what they sounded like. Fans, it's Taco, Fans, it's Taco Tuesday, Tuesday, presented by Delta, Delta Airlines. Airlines. Please welcome once again, Mariachi Carvaldi de Jaime Cuellar.
during the pregame show, we had Esperanza Flores Ballet Folklorico Dance Group working out in the outfield with their colorful costumes and spinning around. They're a dance group that's celebrating 50 years of cultural impact and enrichment. Esperanza Flores Folklorico Dance Group. We had a pregame stage performance from a band called Flaco Alejandro, Chicano songwriter, musician from Salinas, who makes songs to cry to and also something to dance to. So he's a danceable, sad songwriter. And he put on a nice performance with his band out there. On Mexican Heritage Night, we had the Mexican National Anthem, who was performed by a member of uh, a group of mariachis, a group of all-women mariachis who have performed here at Dodger Stadium several times this season alone. Alina Estrada, who's one of the singers for that group, performed an a cappella version of the Mexican National Anthem. And then for the U.S. National Anthem, accompanied by Dodger Stadium organist Dieter Rule was a rising star who's dedicated to his craft and his Mexican roots from East L.A. His name's Mikey, and he did a very soulful, beautiful rendition of the National Anthem. Our ceremonial first pitch was delivered by a group in honor of Mexican Heritage Night. They're the first regional Mexican act to hit number one on Billboard's Global 200 with their groundbreaking hit, Ella Baila Solo, She Dances Alone. And that leads the new generation of Latin artists. Eslabon Armado is the name of the group, and uh, they are rising stars to keep an eye on. It seems like Latin music is really coming to the forefront on the music scene. And then for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium, we had all of our Mexican Heritage Night guests gather together down behind home plate and say it's time for Dodgers baseball. Our military hero of the game was someone from the Vietnam era. He's a retired U.S. Army specialist. His name's Javier Curiel. He's from Guadalajara, Mexico originally. He was drafted into the U.S. Army in 1964. He attended basic training at Fort Ord up near Monterey. That no longer exists. But back in the 60s, it was a place to go for basic training in the Army. And then he volunteered for the U.S. Army Airborne School at Fort Benning, Georgia. And then assigned to the 173rd Airborne Brigade, which is known as Sky Soldiers. And his first duty assignment was in Okinawa, Japan as a paratrooper. And then he was a member of one of the first combat units to deploy to Vietnam in 1965 and served his 12-month tour of duty in Vietnam in a combat infantry brigade. He was honorably discharged in 1966 and then served as an honor guard for more than 20 years for military funerals for an organization known as American Veterans, AMVETS, as it's commonly known. And he's currently president of the nonprofit Hispanic American Airborne Association. So U.S. Army Specialist Curiel in his Maroon Beret which uh, airborne infantry members wear. We thanked him for his service, sacrifice, and dedication to our country, and we trust that he had a great time at the ballpark tonight. I want to take a little moment to uh, take a little bit of a look back here on Dodgers homestand because this past weekend we celebrated Fernando Valenzuela, one of the great pitchers to ever wear a Dodger uniform. He had his number retired on Friday evening and we just celebrated an entire weekend for Fernando Valenzuela. The 
first night was his retired number ceremony where number 34 went up into the Dodgers ring of honor, joining number one, Pee Wee Reese, number two, Tommy Lasorda, number four, Duke Snyder, number 14, Gil Hodges, number 19, Jim Gilliam, number 20, Don Sutton, number 24, Walter Alston, the great manager of the Dodgers for many years, number 32, of course, Sandy Koufax, and there's that number 34 for Fernando Valenzuela, followed by number 39, Roy Campanella. Of course, number 42, Jackie Robinson, which is in blue up there because it's retired throughout Major League Baseball. And finally, number 53, Don Drysdale. But wait a minute, there's also Vin Scully's microphone and Jaime Harin, the two longtime Dodger broadcasters. Now, by 1980, the number 34 had been handed out to some 24 different Dodgers. Several guys had worn that number, including a guy named Tom Zachary, who was in his 17th Major League season in 1934 and his first year as a Brooklyn Dodger. And one of his claims to fame, or perhaps infamy, was that he surrendered Babe Ruth's 60th home run in 1927, which had set that record that was then broken in 1961 by Roger Maris and then later by... Aaron Judge just last year. And then 23 other Dodgers wore that between 1934 and 1979, including left-hander Ken Brett, who was the brother of Hall of Famer George Brett. He wore it in his one season as a Dodger. And then it became Fernando's, officially for 11 seasons, and then unofficially for 32 years after that. The Dodgers have a protocol that only Hall of Famers get their numbers retired. Now, there's been a couple of exceptions to that rule over the years. Walter Alston's number was retired after he retired as Dodger manager, but then he later was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then former Rookie of the Year and influential coach Jim Gilliams, number 19, was retired just two days after his death in 1978. But in February of this year, Dodger President and CEO Stan Kasten announced that Fernando Valenzuela's number would become the 12th Dodger number to be retired. And Stan at the time said, Fernando, number 34 is yours. It will always be yours. No other Dodger will ever wear it again. And that's a quote. Fernando, for his part, very humble, very quiet kind of a guy. He says, I never thought it would happen. This is a surprise. This is great. So if you don't remember Fernando Valenzuela, he was definitely one of the elite pitchers of his era. He's one of the most culturally significant Dodgers in history, along with Jackie Robinson. He became a bridge for all races to connect and speak the language of Dodger baseball in the 80s. He really brought in the Latino fans here to Dodger Stadium, some of whom weren't even interested in baseball so much, but they just loved the fact that they had a fellow Mexican who was basically setting the world on fire. And that started what was known as Fernando Mania the next year. He became a regional, national, and international sensation at the tender age of 21 back in 1981, he won Rookie of the Year, he won the Cy Young Award, and he won a World Series championship in the same season. The only pitcher ever to do that. Six-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner, a Gold Glove winner, and he finished in the top five of Cy Young Award voting four times. He was really, really a main attraction in a city full of stars. His presence and his pitching transformed the makeup of the Dodger Stadium audience from 1981 on and 33 years since the, he last threw a pitch here at Dodger Stadium the Latino community that he helped usher in has been a vital part of the experience here at Dodger Games and we really celebrated that tonight with Mexican Heritage Night.
And really, that whole Fernando mania was built on opening day 1981. And you may have heard this story before, but the 20-year-old rookie left-hander, Fernando Valenzuela, was called on to make an emergency start because the top two pitchers in the Dodger rotation, Jerry Royce and Burt Hooten at the time, were injured. They couldn't go. So they called on this kid out of Mexico, Valenzuela. He went out and threw a complete game shutout to defeat the defending National League West champion Houston Astros and won his next seven games as well, including four more shutouts along the way, really launching Fernando Mania. But the final pillar of his monumental career came at the end of his career on June the 29th, 1990. You know, he had battled arm injuries for a few seasons and he really wasn't the dominant pitcher of the first half of the 80s. But in his final season as a Dodger, he cemented his legacy with a no-hitter right here at Dodger Stadium against none other than the St. Louis Cardinals. And he did it on the same day that his former teammate, Dave Stewart, had thrown a no-hitter for the A's. In fact, he told his team, hey, Dave Stewart, throw a no-hitter tonight. I'm going to throw one, too. And sure enough, Fernando did. Clearly one of the most influential and groundbreaking pitchers of his time and of all time here at Dodger Stadium. Numero 34, Fernando Valenzuela, with his trademark windup, looking up to the heavens before he released the ball, his screwball, which his catcher at the time, one of his catchers actually, Steve Yeager, said that uh, Bobby Carlson had taught him that pitch, and Fernando perfected it, and it went on forever. He said guys would be looking for it, and then we just moved further away. We just moved it further and further away, and they kept swinging. And so there's no reason to change that. Mike Sosha, one of his catchers, says that that pitch kind of acted like a right-hander throwing a slider. So that means it broke away from the right-handed batters. But coming out of the left-handed arm slot, it just was something that guys really hadn't seen before. And uh, you don't really hear about anybody throwing a screwball anymore but he really screwed with some guys swings with that amazing screwball fernando was really known for his very quiet determined demeanor he's confident he said that his confidence comes from within he says if you go to the mound you don't have any confidence in yourself you're not going to do anything he says when i went to the mound i thought i know what i have and i'm going to use it the only way to be successful was to be confident in himself and the stuff that I had. Oral Hershiser said he was a very poised young man at a very young age. It's one thing to come up and be a top prospect and pitch really well. It's another thing to create Fernando Mania. He came across as very quiet and poised, Oral Hershiser said. But when he got to the big stage, that's when you realize, wow, this is not quiet. This is a large part of his character. And his personality was uh, kind of mischievous, kind of impish. You know, he, he knew how to lasso, you know, like cowboys do when they lasso a bull, a bull or something at the rodeo. And so Fernando would make these little lassos out of clothesline and stuff, and he would, like, lasso his teammates in the dugout and in the clubhouse and stuff like that, and he was kind of a jokester. So, uh, and you see that to this day. You know, you talk to Fernando in the, in the diner here at Dodger Stadium in the Vince Gully press box, and... He's got this wry sense of humor, this little impish smile that he'll, he'll do when he delivers kind of a funny, a funny uh, joke or something. When you're talking to him, you've got to like, really listen carefully to hear what he, might be, uh, what he might really be saying. 
Now, as far as Fernando's impact, it's just it's clear. We, we've talked about it already. He really brought in an entire new fan base that really reflected the look and feel of the city of Los Angeles. Jaime Harin, the great Spanish-language broadcaster, who actually served as Fernando's interpreter when he first came to the Dodgers, said that when I see that number 34 Dodgers jersey, it means a lot. It means a number that belonged to a guy who did mysterious things, not only for the Dodgers, but for baseball in general. Jaime Harin said, Fernando created so many new fans. I've been in baseball for more than 60 years, and so it really pleases me to see that his number is finally being retired. He deserves that. It's one thing that will fortify the connection between the Dodgers and the community. Fernando's number is a tool that really puts together the Dodgers and the Latino community. Well said, Senor. Jaime Harin always knows how to put things in perspective. And uh, he's got a lot of perspective, having been in the Dodger broadcast booth for 60 years. So the day after Fernando's retirement ceremony, or number retirement ceremony, we had Fernando Bobblehead Night, and that was fun. And then on Sunday for the day game, we had the 1981 Fernando Valenzuela World Series ring that he won with the Dodgers in that 1981 World Series. So a great weekend here at Dodger Stadium and a fantastic resumption to the homestand tonight after we uh, had a night off and there was a private event here at Dodger Stadium on, on Monday. But the guys came back. They didn't miss a beat, winning their ninth game in a row. And we still got another five games in this homestand. And I'm telling you, this is a packed homestand. This will be, when it's all said and done, a 10-game homestand in 11 days. And we've had all kinds of events during this homestand. Coming up tomorrow, J.D. Martinez, bobblehead night, our, our great designated hitter who came through yet again tonight. He gets a bobblehead. On the 17th, it's Korean Heritage Night. So if you get that special ticket package, you get this very cool Korean-themed Dodgers jersey. On the 18th of August, it's Women's Night here at Dodger Stadium. And on the 19th, we've got... LeBron James bobblehead. On the 20th, it's Native American Heritage Day. There's a hat giveaway, but that's a, I think that's a special ticket package as well. And for you 50-50 raffle fans, you know, 50-50 raffle is, benefits the L.A. Dodgers Foundation, but a fan takes home half of the jackpot every night, and tonight it was a pretty good-sized jackpot, well over $40,000. But the Dodgers have extended their uh, Fernando weekend raffle, which means you get... Five tickets for 10 bucks, 20 raffle tickets for 20 bucks, 300 raffle tickets for 100 bucks, or for the next few nights only, you get 81 tickets for $34. So that'll uh, that will expire soon, and that's a pretty darn good deal to get 81 raffle tickets for 34 bucks. 81, of course, representing the 1981 World Series season. Not number 34, the 34 dollars, of course. Fernando Valenzuela's 34 34 number. So make your plans to join us. Here at Dodger Stadium, we got five more games in this homestand, two more against the Milwaukee Brewers, who currently lead the NL Central, and then the Miami Marlins come to town with their manager, former Dodger Skip Schumacher. And Oral Hershiser told a great story the other night about Skip Schumacher, how when Skip was like an eight-year-old boy or something, and Oral was pitching for the Dodgers, Skip, who grew up here, was in the stands, and asked Oral to sign his glove. So, Oral signed the glove and wrote on the glove to Skip, a future major leaguer, Oral Hershiser.
Well, turns out Skip did make the major leagues. So Oral was prescient in his autographing of Skip Schumacher's glove. Not only is he a former major leaguer, but he's now the manager of the Miami Marlins. And uh, by all accounts, a really good guy who was a great Dodger. All right, so I've talked enough here. That's all we got for you on Dodgers homestand for this fifth game of this 10-game homestand. Come out and join us for the next few games, won't you? I'm Todd Lights, your host. Thanks for listening to Dodgers Homestand, and we'll see you at the ballpark. Thank you very much. Gracias. <laughs> and now, Fernando, we invite you and your family to take a victory walk down the left field line. Where two more legends of Dodger baseball await you at the ring of honor. All her shows are Listening to Dodgers Homestand with stadium announcer Todd Lights, taking you behind the scenes at Chavez Ravine and giving you a bird's eye view of Dodgers baseball both on and off the field. Join us for our next episode, and if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. <laughs>